here's what I love so much about Chipotle. You can customize your meal to your liking. Like whatever you're in the mood for when you get to Chipotle, you can create a perfect meal for whatever you're in and the mood for. So when you get there, you are faced with this, this massive decision that you have to, to, to make first off. And I'm not even going to include picking tacos as an option because only weirdos go to Chipotle and, and order tacos. There's really, there's really only two decisions. Do you want a bowl or do you want a burrito? Do you want a bowl or do you want a burrito? Now listen, listen. I can get, I can get down with the burrito but what you haven't realized if you're still ordering burritos is that if you order the bowl, you get way more, and then you can get the tortilla on the side. Have, have you not realized that yet? Like, the bowl is the way to go 100% of the time. You get, you get way more. So you, you pick the bowl. That's the right option. And then you have a choice. White rice or brown rice. I mean, white rice... <clears throat> How many of you are a little bit healthy, you'd go with the brown rice? Okay, white rice is the right answer. The little bit of lime in there, you get your white rice. Then you have, I think the, the easiest decision, black beans or pinto beans. It's black beans, black beans. No, you can get a little bit of the, the, the veggies if you want, you know, a little bit of the, the grilled veggies. And then you start, you start getting to the good stuff. You've got three kinds of, of salsa. You've got mild, you've got hot, and you've got the, the verde, the green sauce. What, what are you guys picking for, for salsa? Hot what? All three. You're dumping all three on. Then you go down to the corn. Anybody like the corn at Chipotle? The corn's the way to go. You get a little bit of corn. Get a little bit of sour cream. Lately, I've been passing on the sour cream. Working on the dad bod figure, I pass on the sour cream. Work my way down. Get a little bit of, get a little bit of lettuce. Who's getting guac? Who's getting guac? Let me tell you. <clears throat> Chipotle, Chipotle has some of the best guacamole out there. Their queso, their queso is garbage. Their guacamole is phenomenal. You get a little guac on top. You get those, those chips with the, the lime flavor, and you are good to go. You, you're set. You're set. Now, we love places like Chipotle because we are able to customize things. We're able to create things that, that meet our needs. But you know, it's not just restaurants like Chipotle that, that allow us to, to do this. You know, just about everything in life these days allows you to, to customize things how, how you want it. Think about your phone, the, the home screen on your phone. You can customize it to look however you want. Whatever picture you want, you can put the clock how you want, you can do the, the apps different ways, you can download the ones you want, you can delete the ones that, that you don't want. Music is this way. Like when I was growing up, I'm starting to feel a little old, when I was growing up, if you wanted to listen to an album, like a new Kanye album, how many of you listen to a new Kanye album? Church kids all across the world over the last three years now are finally allowed to listen to Kanye, and they're like, thank God. But if you wanted to listen to, to an album, you had to go to Best Buy, you had to buy the CD, and you had to just like listen to it straight through. You'd have to like fast forward holding a, a button. Or you'd have to listen to the radio and wait for your favorite song to come on. But now what do you do? Now you just go on Apple Music. Now you just go on Spotify. You can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. You can create a, a playlist that, that meets your needs. That's exactly what you're, you're wanting to listen to. Television, think about television. Television's the same way. Gone are the days where you have to sit and deal with commercials. 
Gone are the days where you have to wait week to week for the new episode to go out. Now you can log on to Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Prime. You can watch whatever show you want. You can binge watch as many seasons as you want. You can pause. You can fast forward. You have all of these options. You can customize. You can create. You can make it exactly what you want it to be. But you see, unfortunately, what I think has happened is we have brought this mindset into the church. And rather than seeing the the church as a place that we invest our life in, a place that we serve, a place that we're, we're all in, the church has really become a product that we consume. And just like we do at Chipotle or just like we do with our iPhones, we customize our church experience to our liking. We take what we like and we leave what we don't. And you see this in in the way that, that people engage with the church. Many people, this is how they approach it. They will use all of the churches in in the area to create their own unique church experience. They'll go here on Sunday morning because they like the, the worship service there. But then they go to this church on Wednesday night because they like the student ministry better there. And they're a part of a small group with this church because they get along with those people better. But they go to camp and they do the events with, with, with that church. You put all these churches together to create your own personal church experience that meets your needs and meets your wants. But you even hear this mindset in the way that, that people talk about church. People will say things like, man, that, that church, they're just not really meeting my needs anymore. Like, I'm not really being fed anymore. I'm not really getting anything out of it anymore. So I'm going to go find a new church that will meet my needs better. You'll hear people say things like, man, I just didn't get anything out of the message. They weren't really speaking to me tonight. It wasn't really entertaining. It wasn't really interesting. I just didn't get anything out of it. People say things like, man, I don't really like the worship at that church. You know, they don't do the songs I like, or it's too loud, or it's not loud enough, or I like the lights, or there's not enough energy. We talk about church, we act and engage with church like it's a product that we consume. So tonight we are in part two of our teaching series called How to Church. And last week we looked at just kind of the the basic question of what is church? What is church? And we saw that that church isn't a place or, or a building that we go to. It's not a a service or an event that that we attend, but the church, it's a people and a movement. It's the people of God living out the mission of God and the world. And we talked about two different kinds of, uh, of church that the New Testament talks about. We talked about the universal church, and we talked about the local church. And the New Testament, it talks about the church in these two different contexts. In the universal church, as we we talked about last week, it's all believers at all times in all places. It includes anybody who has ever put their faith in Jesus. So if you have put your trust in Jesus, you are a part of the universal church. But the New Testament, it also talks about the local church. And the local church is a gathering of believers who are living out the mission of God together. It's a visible expression of the universal church. And Bell Shoals, Bell Shoals is a local church. We are a group of believers who gather together to carry out the mission of God. And tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about 
what it looks like to be a contributor rather than a consumer in the local church. What it looks like to be a contributor rather than a consumer. And this message is really for those of you who are followers of Jesus. Especially those of you who consider Bell Shoals to be your home church. This is the the church that that you belong to. And my goal tonight is to just get, get very practical. To give you some just very tangible ways that you can be a contributor in your church rather than a consumer. So what does that look like? What does it look like to be a contributor a contributor rather than a consumer? I want to give you three things tonight. The first one is this, is that a contributor encourages others. A contributor encourages others. And as your pastor, I just kind of want to take a, a minute here um, to just kind of share, share something from my heart. And, and, and I'm, I'm a little worried that this might come off a little bit harsh and just know that that's, that's not my intent, but I really believe this is something that, that, that needs to be said. There are some of you in this room that when I see you walking towards me on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, I prepare myself to hear a complaint. Like if you're coming to talk to me, I'm assuming it's going to be negative or it's going to be critical. You're either going to tell me something that you don't like that we're doing at church or something that we need to do differently. You're going to come and tell me about how you don't like the, the movement weekend group that you've been put, put with because you don't like the leader or all your friends are, are in another group. Or you're going to tell me about how you didn't like that one game we played at camp because it was unfair and the ref made a bad call or it wasn't very fun. Or you're going to tell me about how you, you don't like the songs we do on Wednesday night. We do the same songs all the time. We need to do some new songs. I don't like the music on, on Wednesday night. Are you going to tell me about how you don't like your small group leader? You know, your small group leader is boring. You don't connect with them. You wish you were in the, the different group. Are you going to tell me you don't like where your group is meeting? You wish you were, were in that location or in that room or you wish these people weren't here with you? Like it's always negative. It's always complaining. It, it, it's never positive. Like you, you, you don't come up to me and say, hey, Matthew, I just want to tell you about how much I'm loving my small group right now. Like, I know, man, my leader, they really care about me. I, I, I sense that when I go to group. The people in my group, man, I get along with them so well. They've become such good, good friends of mine. It's never to come up to me and tell me, hey, I loved camp. Like, the games were awesome. The messages were awesome. The, the worship was, was awesome. It's not to say, man, I got so much out of that worship service tonight. Through the music, through, through the messages, God really spoke to me. No, it's consistently negative and it's consistently critical. And, and, and pay attention to this. Here's what happens. Here's what happens when that's your approach. When you're consistently complaining, when you're consistently negative, you lose your influence. You lose your ability to speak into things and to make a difference in your church. Like when you voice a suggestion of, hey, I think we should do this different, or I think we should try this, or maybe you should think about changing this, people don't listen to what you're saying because they assume it's coming from a negative and critical spirit. Even if what you're saying is a good suggestion, even if it's true, even if it's accurate, complaining, a negative spirit, it costs you your influence in your church. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in in Philippians chapter 2. He says, do everything, everything without grumbling or arguing. 
Some translations say without grumbling or complaining, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. He says that if you will do this, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Paul, he's writing to a local church. He's writing to a group of believers. And he says, do everything without grumbling and complaining. Do everything without a negative and critical spirit. And he says that if you will do this, if this will be your approach, you will shine like a star in the sky, meaning that, that you will have, have, be a light. People will be drawn to you. They'll want to be around you. You will earn and gain influence. You know which students have, have the most influence in the student ministry? You know which ones actually are able to speak into things? The ones that are actually able to, to make a difference? It's the ones who are encouragers. It's the ones who celebrate the positive things. The ones who are focused on the good. The ones who are excited about what God is doing. Those who are encouragers. They are the ones who have influence. So listen, rather than focusing on the 10% you don't like, and listen, we all have that 10%. I've got a 10% of things that I don't like in the student ministry, I don't like in, in our church. But rather than focusing on that 10%, what if we focused on the 90% that we did like? What if rather than being negative, we chose to be positive? What if rather than complaining and griping, we chose to be an encourager? Consumers complain, but contributors, they encourage, they celebrate, they're positive. The second thing we're going to see tonight is that contributors include others. Contributors include others. You know, when, when people stop attending church or when somebody visits for the first time and they don't come back, it's almost always for one of two reasons. They either have some unresolved conflict with somebody, there's been some drama, there's been gossip, there's been a breakup, there's some unresolved conflict and they just feel like they don't want to be there anymore, or it's because they feel excluded. They feel left out. They feel unwelcome. They feel like nobody cares about them. And, and, and here's why this is such a, a tricky and challenging problem to, to, try, to, to try to address. It's because we want Wednesday night and Sunday morning to, to be a place where you can develop meaningful relationships. We want it to be a place where you connect with your closest friends. And for many of you, that's exactly what it is. Church is the place where you have found your closest friends. And you look forward all week to seeing them on Wednesday night or seeing them on Sunday morning. You don't go to school with them. And you are so excited to get to church and finally see those friends. And listen, we, we think that's awesome. We want that to continue. We want you to be excited to, to see your friends. But you see, sometimes our relationships and our friendships, they keep us from including others. We become so connected with our friend group. We become so focused on hanging out with our friends that we lose sight of the people around us. And listen, this isn't just, just you all. This is us as adults too. We become so focused on our group, on our friends, we lose sight of the people around us. And what happens is we close our circle. 
We close our circle, and the people who are on the outside of the circle feel left out. They feel like they don't have a place. They feel like they can't break through. And listen, I I know this isn't anyone's heart. I know none of you would ever want somebody to feel excluded. I know none of you would ever want somebody to feel unwelcome. But if we aren't careful, that is exactly what will happen. If we aren't careful, we will close our group, we will close our circle, and those on the outside of the circle will feel excluded. They'll feel like they don't belong. They'll feel like they don't have a place. And the Apostle Paul, he he challenges us with this in Philippians chapter 2. He says this. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Then listen to what Paul says. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You see, as followers of Jesus, as members of the church, Paul challenges us to do nothing out of selfish ambition, but in humility to value other people as more important than ourselves. To not just look out for our own interests and our own wants and our own needs, but look to the interests of others to put other people in front of us, to put other people's needs as more important than our own. You see, a consumer, they see Sunday morning and Wednesday night as their time. It's their time to see their friends. It's their time to have fun. The focus is all on themselves and their needs and their wants. But a contributor They see Sunday morning, they see Wednesday night as a time to serve, as a time to put other people's needs ahead of their own. The focus is not on themselves. The focus is on other people. And if you are going to be a contributor in your church, it means that you must open your circle. You must open your circle. You need to go out of your way to make other people feel included. You need to go out of your way to help other people feel like they really belong. This doesn't mean that, that you need to be their best friend. It doesn't mean that you need to invite them to, to your birthday party. But it means that you put their needs ahead of your own needs. You see Sunday morning, you see Wednesday night, not just as a time for you to see your friends, but as a time to include other people. A consumer, they close their circle. But a contributor, they open their circle. They make room for more people. They make people feel included. And finally, number three, a contributor invites others. Contributor invites others. You see, as as a local church, we are living out the mission of God together. And that mission that we're on is to lead people to become followers of Jesus. And one of the best and easiest ways that you can accomplish this mission, this mission to, to move it forward, is by inviting somebody to a Wednesday night. You see, there's this common misconception that that a worship service like this is the church. 
A worship service like this is, is the church. And because this is the church, well, we shouldn't really be inviting people from the outside. We should really kind of close it off. It should be more focused on Christians because this is, is the church. But listen, this worship service on Wednesday night, the worship service we do on Sunday morning, this isn't the church. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, you are the church. Our Wednesday night service, it is simply a tool that we use to reach more people for Jesus. Wednesday night is a place where people can come and they can hear about him. It's a place where people can come and be challenged to grow in their faith, where they can ask questions, where they can struggle and, and wrestle with their doubts. This service, it's a, an on-ramp for them to enter into a relationship with Jesus. Wednesday night, it's not just for believers. It's not just for Christians. It's not just for those who follow Jesus. Wednesday night is for everyone. And a simple invite to a Wednesday night, it can make an eternal difference in somebody's life. Listen, this, this room is full of people who were initially invited by a friend to a Wednesday night. And through that invitation, they have come to know Jesus. They've given their life to Jesus. They've become a part of the church. They have become a part of the people of God. You see, a consumer is content with where we are. A consumer says, hey, we don't need to reach more people. We don't need more people coming. We're, we're good as we are. But a contributor realizes that there are always more people to reach for Jesus. A contributor realizes that our mission, it never stops, it never slows down. And we don't simply exist as, as a student ministry, as a church, we don't simply exist for the people who are already inside this room. We also exist for the people who are outside of this room, for the people who have not yet come to know Jesus. Contributors, they invite people to be a part of what God is doing. So as we wrap up tonight, I want us to take a look at just one more passage uh, that's found in the book of Ephesians. And I think there's this, this common idea in, in the church um, that pastors, you know, people like me, and, and the church staff, that we are responsible for doing all of the ministry, and that church is just this event that we put on for you every week on, on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, an event that you attend and consume, an event where you come and you learn about Jesus and, and you have fun. The pastors, the church staff, they do all the work. You just come and attend. But listen to what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, so Christ himself, he gave the church the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Here's why. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity and faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Listen, as, as a church staff, as a pastor, I'm not in the event planning business. Like, that's not what I signed up for. I don't consider myself an event planner. I don't throw a, an event on Wednesday night or throw an event on Sunday morning. I am in the equipping business. 
Those who are on the church staff are in the equipping business. We are equipping you for work of ministry. We are equipping you to be the church. Listen, as followers of Jesus, we are not called to be consumers. We're not called to just sit on the sideline and watch the pastors do all the work. No, we are called to be contributors, to jump in the game, to be a part of the ministry, to be a part of what God is doing. And together, collectively, as the church, we carry out the mission of God together. It's not my job. It's not Morgan's job. It's not John's job. It's not your student uh, small group leader's job. It's our job together. So what about you? Are you going to be a consumer or are you going to be a contributor? Are you going to sit on the sideline and watch ministry happen? Or are you going to jump in the game and be the church? So I'm going to pray for us here in a minute, and then Morgan's going to come up, and tonight we're going to send you to your small groups for the first time and just give you a chance to talk about what does this look like for you as a student to be a contributor here in the student ministry and here in your church. God, we thank you that, that together you have tasked us with this incredible mission of carrying out your movement, of leading people to become followers of, of you. But Lord, my, my prayer for us as a ministry, my prayer for us as, as a church is that we would not be content to, to just be consumers, to be people who just sit around and complain and exclude and are focused inward, but God, that we would jump in the game, that we would be a part of what you're doing, that we would be contributors in our church, that we would serve, that we would give of our time, that we would put others first. And God, my prayer this year is, Lord, that we would not just focus inward on ourselves and our needs and our interests, but in humility, Lord, we would consider other people as more important than ourselves, that we would turn our focus outward. God, we're so excited to see how you're going to move, how you're going to use us. God, we lift up our invite night in a few weeks. God, we pray for many new people to come that night and for students to give their life to you. And to the name of Jesus that we pray, amen.